You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking this month about carrying curses into blessings. Our text is Nehemiah 13.2. How be it, our God turned the curse into a blessing. That's not a one-time thing. And as we're seeing in this study, it happens all over the Bible. The church that began in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, uh, 120 people entered the church that day, um, were filled with the Holy Spirit, and then before the day was over, another 3,000 joined them. It just was incredible. And uh, people continued to come to faith. There were 5,000 men who came to faith a little later on. This was just amazing. Some scholars estimate that there were 50,000 people who were in the church at Jerusalem, which is just an incredible number, and I don't doubt that at all. In fact, every day someone was coming to faith. The Bible says the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. But uh, the rulers decided to persecute uh, the leaders, Uh, That didn't work. They threw the apostles in jail. The angels set them free. No matter what they did to the apostles, it always seemed to backfire. So they switched the target of their persecution and aimed it at the lay people. And it says in Acts 8.1, at that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. So they tried to hit them first. When that didn't work, they went after the lay people. This was the beginning of a process to get the believers to move out of the city. Now, they didn't need to move out immediately, but there was a death sentence on Jerusalem. And Jesus himself prophesied this. And I want to read to you from Matthew 24, verses 1 and 2. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. The temple at this time was the most spectacular building anywhere in the world. It took uh, roughly 50 years to build. Herod the Great was an incredible builder. And so there were structures in Israel at the time that were greater than any kind of structure that existed in Rome. It was just phenomenal. And so Jesus went out, departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. They just, for that particular trip, they just seemed to be enamored with how great the temple was. They'd been there before, but this time they really called attention to it. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. That was a shocker. A little later, they asked him, when is this going to happen? What will the signs be? And so forth. And it actually did happen about 40 years later. And when the Romans came in and conquered Jerusalem after a lengthy siege, They accidentally set fire to the temple, and the temple had lots of gold in it. The gold melted, fell down in the cracks between the stones. Therefore, they had to pry the stones apart to get to all the gold. And that's the reason all of the stones were thrown down. And you see that 
uh, just a remarkable thing that nobody could imagine that a building that beautiful and that special could be so wiped out, and uh, yet it was. So Jerusalem was going to be conquered. The people were going to be sold into slavery. And Josephus, the first century historian, records this, how awful the Jews were treated by their conquerors. Uh, It all started somewhere in about 66 AD with Vespasian, who was a Roman general, and his son Titus. And as they were laying siege to Jerusalem and everybody was hopelessly trapped inside the walls, the Roman emperor died. Vespasian was vying for control of the empire. He went back to Rome to take charge and uh, took Titus with him, so the troops all left. And so there was a, a break in the siege, and it was during that season that God spoke to the church that was still in Jerusalem and told them to get out. Um, there's another little note here in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. The saints at Jerusalem are called by the Apostle Paul poor saints. And so why would that be? Well, they lost all their means of making money when they sold all their properties and, and their possessions. So let me read that to you. This is Acts chapter 4, and we'll start reading uh, with verse 32. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things that he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Now this was a grace. This was a special grace that was on the church at Jerusalem. We don't read this about any of the other churches that came in the Gentile world later on in the book of Acts. This was particularly at Jerusalem, peculiarly at Jerusalem. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone who had need. So this was a thing that was happening in the church. Now why would this have happened? Well, the Holy Spirit is honoring the words of Jesus. And Jesus had said, this city is going to be conquered and the temple is going to be destroyed. And so even though it was several years yet into the future, God was already starting the process to get his people to leave. And eventually they did. The church left Jerusalem and they went across the Jordan to a town called Pella. And so they were not caught in the awful destruction that came in 70 AD when Titus came back and did destroy the city. So you see God working here in concert with the prophecy of Jesus. The Holy Spirit moved on believers to sell their real estate. Now, this persecution continued. And so as a result, Philip, who was not an apostle, this is not the apostle, not one of the twelve Philip. There was a Philip who was an apostle, but this is Philip a deacon. And this is his story. He was persecuted and driven out of Jerusalem. So then Philip, Acts 8, 5, went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the multitudes with one accord hated the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was great joy of in that city. Now the aim of the persecution in Jerusalem was to stop 
the guys from preaching and to stop the gospel of Christ. So as a result of this heavy persecution, Philip left. What did he do? He took the gospel with him, and so did everybody else, and they continued to preach it. And this brought about a revival in Samaria. Jesus said, you're going to go to Samaria. He said, you'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Now it's time to get to the uttermost parts of the earth. So Acts chapter 8, Philip had done his work in Samaria and the Holy Spirit moved him to a different place. Acts 8, 26, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. Now it, this had to be a spectacular leading. I'm going to tell you why. Philip came and brought about this crazy revival. A whole city has come to faith. Now Peter and John have come to take it a step further by praying for these people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So Philip doesn't leave unless there's something dramatic that forces him to leave. And it is. It's very spectacular. An angel comes. And what we have is the beginning of a sequence that symbolically shows that the gospel will go to the whole wide world. And so God tells him to go down to Gaza to a road that goes further south, and he's to go down there, uh, and uh, God will show him what to do. Uh, he gets down there, and he sees an Ethiopian eunuch. He can tell exactly who this man is by the way he is dressed. He's dressed very ostentatiously. This man would have been uh, very wealthy. He would have had an escort. He, would, uh, he was in charge of all of the treasury of the country of Ethiopia serving under the queen Candace. This man was reading the scroll of Isaiah 53. So the spirit said in Acts 8, 29 to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. When he approached the man, he invited him into the chariot where Philip explained the prophecy that and uh, was the man was reading. He said, do you understand what you're reading? And the man, how, sh how could I, except some man should guide me. So he gets Philip up in the chariot, and Philip tells him this is exactly what this means, and this is Jesus. He just died, and he, he, he fulfilled all of these prophecies. Now, he led the man to Christ. This is an incredible story because he carried the gospel all the way back down into Ethiopia, History records that Ethiopia was one of the first countries outside of Israel to receive and hear the gospel. And Ethiopia has had a 2,000-year Christian tradition. It goes all the way back to the first century. And it started with Philip talking to this Ethiopian eunuch. Now, I'm going to pause and break here. He is of the lineage of one of Noah's sons, Ham. The next chapter is the conversion of Saul of Tarsus. We'll get into that in, in another story. But Saul of Tarsus is of the lineage of Shem. He has a supernatural conversion. Finally, we go to Acts chapter 10, and there's a supernatural story about a man named Cornelius, who's of the lineage of Japheth. So in these three chapters, you see in rapid succession, three individuals are converted supernaturally and they are each from a different line of Noah, Shem, Ham, Japheth. 
and it is symbolic of the gospel being preached to every person on earth. That's where it's going. It starts out in symbol, but it's going to be uh, done literally. Now, these two methods of supernatural communication where an angel spoke to Philip and the Spirit spoke to Philip concerning connecting with this man show me that the persecution was also a part of the guidance. And so God took that persecution and used it to move Philip out of Jerusalem He goes to Samaria, begins to preach. He sees the possibilities that other people can receive the Lord. Then he is directed to go down to Gaza, and you can see how the whole thing works. So what the scriptures are showing us here is that that persecution was on the same level of communication as the vision of the angel and the word of the Holy Spirit, supernatural communication. So what was meant for evil, what started as a curse, the persecution, no doubt, was intended to be a curse upon the church. It totally backfired. It did not work. And when you understand this, you learn to appreciate how God can take those attacks that come against you and he can turn them around for good. We'll say this, though. They need to be associated with a high purpose. And this is what I tell people all the time. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world for witness to all nations, then shall the income. If you want to have a future, preach the gospel. Tell people about Jesus. Be a part of spreading the good news of Jesus. You will have a future if you do that. That's all the time I have for today. We'll pick up here tomorrow. I'll see you then. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.